Hey there, my friends. Welcome to the Links to Messiah podcast, where we are passionate about teaching our children all about the connections between the Old and New Testament. I'm your host, Rachel Links Kushner, also known as the Chief Enthusiasm Officer of Links to Messiah. I'm so thrilled to have you join us today. Come along and learn how your family and children can grow in their faith as you discover the beautiful links that God reveals throughout Scripture about the history of His people and His Son, Jesus, our Messiah. Thanks for being here today, Janie Sue. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here and to share my heart with you all. Yes, I'm I'm excited. So let's just dive right in and talk about why is it important to introduce our children when they're small to the Old Testament as a foundation for their lifelong. Oh, wow, Rachel, I'm so glad you asked this question because I think it's key. We have two-thirds of our Bible in the Jewish scriptures. So if we ignore that, it's like saying, God, I'm only going to listen to you one-third of the time, which doesn't seem so smart for us in this day and this time especially. So Paul even said, there's a specific reason why God wrote this. And I want to quickly turn to it just to encourage everyone who's listening. He says in Romans 15, 4, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now, I I don't have to, nobody has to be a rocket scientist to figure out that one of the big things that is just lost in culture today here here in the States and around the world is hope. And we get hope. From these stories, mm-hmm. we see that people just like us with clay feet, with problems, with difficulties, with sin, God used them anyway. <laughs> God is greater than all of that. And yes. if we miss these stories, we miss so much because you see, God is speaking from the beginning in Genesis all the way to the end to give us hope in our Messiah. So why would we throw this out? There's a popular preacher who has said we need to untether the Old Testament from the New. I'm sorry, that's heresy. And that is saying, God, I don't want to hear from you. I'm sorry to sound so strong, but that's exactly how I feel. And here's what he says in verse 13 of the same chapter. Sure. He he gives a little benediction. He says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, how do you think we could affect the watching world if we had so much hope and joy in the Holy Spirit that it went over to our kids and our grandkids because they are just so in love with the Messiah and so grateful for what he's done for them. So this is why we need all of God's word. We don't get to use an exacto knife and cut off the parts that are a little bit hard to explain. No. We pull up our big kids' socks and we get into the scriptures ourselves and we ask God, help me understand so I can talk to my kids and my grandkids. I love that. I love about like the cherry picking idea. It We can't do that. We have it all and we have it all for a reason. And the fact that you were talking about the hope is something that obviously the world always needs, especially right now. We need hope, hope, hope. And our only hope is in Jesus. We know that. 
Because of that, we want to hang on tightly to our Bibles because there's so much out there, even in some popular Christian speakers that are trying to discredit this, but God's word is sufficient for every need we have. Absolutely. Now, either we believe yes. it or we don't. Yes. He has given us this precious word to change us from the inside out. And then as that change is reflected in our lives, people say, whoa, what's up with you? And we have a reason, as First Peter says, to tell them about the hope within us, but we do it with gentleness and love and, and fear of God. Hey friends, I am interrupting this podcast for just a quick moment. I wanted to let you know that we have a lot of free resources available for you over at linkstomessiah.com. If you click on the resources tab, you're going to find a lot of goodies. We have a blog and we have a story time where I love to read some wonderful books out loud for your children. And we always have seasonal free activities. So head on over to linkstomessiah.com. You can check out all the goodies. You can also easily hop over there by looking at the show notes. And now back to the Links to Messiah podcast. Now I know when your kids were small, you celebrated a lot of the Jewish feasts together oh, yeah. as a family. And I'm curious how that shaped your, your kids' understanding of Jesus and his ministry and how it shaped you. Well, as a it was, you know, Shabbat in our house was a regular thing. And what we would emphasize to the kids on Friday nights when we would say the uh, traditional prayers over the challah and the juice. We did juice with our kids when they were little, but we emphasized to them, we rest because not only did God redeem our people out of slavery in Egypt, but he's redeemed us out of the slavery to our sin through what our Messiah did, which was perfectly pictured in Passover. Passover is like the salvation story of our yeah. Jewish people. So especially sure at Passover is. time, we would emphasize Look at what he did. The blood of the lamb was on the doorposts of the home. And when you've taken Yeshua, Jesus, yes. as your Messiah, God, it's like God puts a little, puts a little sign there in your heart. This one belongs to me because he's trusted in the finished work of my son. Mm -hmm. So that was woven naturally into our family life. And celebrations like Sukkot. My husband is not a very good builder. He's great with a computer, but lousy with tools. I had all the tools when we got married, you know? Yeah, so yeah. what we, we were grateful for is we had a community of Jews and Gentiles who banded together to worship and celebrate the holidays and celebrate the Messiah in them. So they nice. were the Sukkah builders. We were the decorators. Yes. But the kids but the I like it. I like it. it. And especially when we celebrated Purim, mm. we would talk about the way that God raises up deliverers from the most unlikely people. We think about Esther, you know, little Jewish girl, orphan, yeah. living with her right. uncle Mordecai. And suddenly God puts her in this position of being the wife of King Ahasuerus. And God uses her and Mordecai to save our Jewish people from annihilation. So, we talk about God's faithfulness yeah. and his promises to our people and his promises to them because he has 
promised to rescue us from the wrath to come because of what our Messiah did 2,000 yes. years ago. So it all wove yes. in very naturally. Right. And we would do fun things like for Sukkot, we would do decorations and we would create things to hang in the sukkahs. Sure. Um, yeah. We would have, I would have the kids help me do things to prepare for Passover. And mm, there's, yeah. it's just, yeah, there's yeah. just a natural, there's, there's so such many a natural ways. flow. And my friend Kathy Shapiro and I wrote a book called Walk With Yeshua Through the Jewish Year that kind yes. of both of us would do these things with our kids. And now our kids are they're adults yeah. and I've got five grandkids. And yeah, have their and own so children. The fun thing is we live close to right. four of them. So we get to celebrate with our grandkids. And mm-hmm. as we are, it's you see our grandkids really holding their faith in Messiah, beginning to do that for mm-hmm. themselves. And we're Jewish believers in the church. There isn't a messianic yes. congregation that's healthy that's really close to us. And we're grateful because as Jewish believers in the church, we have been able to help our non-Jewish Christian friends share the gospel with their Jewish friends. So that is, to me, that to me That's is awesome. one of the reasons yeah. why we, it's why yeah. we sing. We want our Gentile Christian friends to help their Jewish friends understand that Jesus is for them. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I love it. I like how you just explained how it was just a very natural part of you raising your children. You celebrated the holidays. They pointed to Jesus. It's just the way it was in your home. I love it. And I'm also glad you talked about a book that you wrote because you also wrote another book on Hanukkah that I'm very excited about. And of course, I'm very excited because it's going to go in our Hanukkah box. So with that being said, I want to kind of jump into Hanukkah and talk about Hanukkah just a little bit. I want to know, can you share with us and with our friends listening the significance of Hanukkah in the Jewish faith, but also how it relates to Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, Hanukkah is very significant because it speaks of the survival of our Jewish people. The evil king Antiochus Epiphanes decided that he wanted to be not just over the land of Israel and over all the world, but he just thought it would be really great if he'd be worshipped as God. That's why they called him Epiphanes. We called him Epimanes, which means crazy person. But he was an evil despot who outlawed, outlawed reading the Torah and studying the Torah. He outlawed circumcision. So our Jewish people were in a pickle. And the Maccabees in the city of Modin one of them, Judah, Math- Mattathias, not Judah, but Mattathias, who was the elder, he was very upset because a Jewish man volunteered to sacrifice a pig in the city of Modain. And he rose up and right. slew him. And then they head for the hills because that was, those were fighting words, folks. And that's what kicked off the Jewish revolt. Right. Of all things I know, to the sacrifice. Most thing, but that's what he was doing. Let's just make this the worst possible affront as possible. So that turned into a guerrilla war. And surprisingly, the Jewish people won. And this was in the intertestamental time. The prophet Malachi spoke, and there was silence until Yeshua came. So our Jewish people beat them back. And it was just really amazing. It preserved our people. 
it preserved all the genealogy so that when Yeshua came, we would know that he was the son of David, that he had the right to be called Messiah. And he did the things only God could do. So yes. Hanukkah has yeah. been a metaphor for the Jewish people, the fighting back to preserve who we are and to preserve worship of the true, one true living God. And I think it speaks to the spiritual warfare that we are engaged in right now because there's a lot in scripture, both in, mm-hmm. both in the Hebrew scriptures and in the New Testament, in the Breed Hadashah, that speaks about the spiritual war that we're engaged in. The interesting thing is we think of warfare as outside of us, but a lot of the warfare is inside of us for believers because when oh, we absolutely. receive the Messiah as our king and as our ruler, he doesn't do away with our sin nature. Man, I wish he would, <laughs> but he doesn't. And so we still have a fight between walking in the spirit right. and walking in the flesh. And if you've ever read the book of Ephesians, you'll notice that those three amazing chapters in the beginning about what we have as our inheritance in the Messiah, then you have the three chapters of instructions. And there's all this stuff about relationships between husbands and wife, parents and children. Back then it was slaves and masters, but you could say employers and employees. And that's where the spiritual war is. And that is where we really need to keep our armor on so that we are acting and doing and caring Jesus's people or people who don't know Jesus around us the way he wants us to. I like your explanation of Hanukkah, especially explaining it's in between the Old and the New Testament. But yet we do see Jesus celebrating it. Can you talk about that? John 10. That's the only place in the New Testament where we see Hanukkah. It's the only place in the Bible that we see Hanukkah because that came in the intertestamental period. But isn't it sweet that we see our Messiah, who's the fulfillment of everything, celebrating Hanukkah? It says it was winter and he was in Solomon's portico at the Feast of Dedication. There you go. It's Hanukkah. Feast, the feast of, of dedication. dedication. Exactly. That's what and Hanukkah the is. The beautiful thing is it's all interwoven in Jewish culture because the menorah has a shamus. The shamus is the candle, which we call the servant candle, and it lights all the other candles. So we light that one first, and then we light the other candles. Every night we add another candle to celebrate the whole eight days of Hanukkah. But if the shamus wasn't lit, None of the other candles would be. Same Mm -hmm. thing. Our Messiah Jesus came as the light of the world. And our lives are dark and and despairing and weary Mm -hmm. until we come to embrace the truth and the light that our Messiah has come. And he loves us and he wants to give us a new heart. And when he gives us a new heart, it's as if he lights a candle in our heart, so to speak. And that glows. Mm -hmm. And as we abide in him, as we are nurtured by his precious word and by the truths of scripture, not only do we combat the lies that are all around us in the darkness, we can be a light and we can share the truth that you are loved, that God loved you so much that he sent the very best out of heaven. He sent his Messiah to come and to bear your sin and to die, but then to rise again. And now he's seated at God's right hand 
and he's preparing a place for us and he's praying for us. Isn't that amazing? Yes. He's praying for yes. you and me. It is amazing. I love how you, I'm such a visual learner myself. So the concept of Jesus lighting that candle and having it burn bright in our hearts, that's something oh. that's going to stick oh, with I'm me. Oh, I'm so glad. That's great. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> so I'm just okay. going to, let's just wrap up. I'll ask you one last question. What are some of the really just practical, down-to-earth ways that parents, grandparents, and who, whoever wants to be teaching these kinds of Old Testament lessons and stories, how, how oh, can we do Oh, that's easy. That? Just open your Bible and start reading. Start from the beginning and do it with what they call a biblical theological view. So show them, look at this, look at all the things in the Bible about gardens. Look, God started in the garden, and at the very end, we're going to be in a beautiful place where trees are going to bear fruit 12, 12 months out of the year, and the leaves and the fruit are going to be for the healing of the nations. So help them see that yes. the Bible isn't a bunch of inter, a little unrelated stories, but how it all connects in one flow to God's great story, how God lets us know who he yes. is. By adding to our knowledge from story to story to story and how story, it all points yeah. to the Messiah. Beautiful. Because all, even you got the first, Beautiful. you've got the first messianic prophecy right there in Genesis, right? When the worst thing happens and Adam and Eve disobey one simple instruction, God says, the seed of the woman right. is going to crush the serpent's head. We'll fix this. Takes a while for the seed of the woman to get here. But in all of the genealogies, yeah. you're seeing the seed of men. You're seeing it reckoned by the fathers. So this is an unusual thing from the get-go. So when in the fullness of time the Messiah comes, oh my goodness, it makes perfect sense. And the Messiah, born of a virgin, yeah. like Isaiah said, appears on the scene to do away with the works of the evil one. Yeah. That is the best answer. How do you practically do this? You jump into God's word. That's the best answer. That's really what we need to be doing. That's where I all the answers so. are. And I like, I've been doing this little Israeli story time on Instagram, and I've been reading the Jesus oh, Storybook Bible. And the, what I like so much, I love it. And the byline is, every story Amen. whispers his name. And just as you were describing, you know, going through all the different stories, it's absolutely true, 100% true. So thank you, Jamie Sue. Thank you for your time today. Thanks for your insight, your wisdom. Thank you for your Hanukkah book that I very much look forward to um, having in our box. It's going to be That's a lot great. of fun. So oh, thank, thank you, you so Rachel. much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for being a part of the Links to Messiah podcast family. Your support means the world to us and your feedback and engagement keep us going strong. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family. Let's continue growing this incredible community together. Until next week, keep reading the Bible to your children, keep their curiosity burning, and keep coming back for more tips to anchor your child's faith to Jesus, our Messiah. This is your host, Rachel Links Kushner, signing off with a big smile and a heart full of gratitude.